Office Hours Live is brought to you by Arroya, the ultimate cultivation platform. Unlock the power of crop steering through our state-of-the-art sensors and software. Repeat successful runs and scale faster than ever before. Schedule a demo today at Arroya.io. All right. It's Thursday at 4.20 p.m. Eastern. That means it's time for Office Hours, Arroyo's weekly session for cultivators so that you can hear from experts and talk to each other about what they're seeing with their grows. My name is Keisha. I'll be moderating solo today while my co-moderator Mandy is on vacation. We miss you, Mandy, um, but looking forward to her coming back soon. As always, if you are live with us, have any questions, you can feel free to type it in the chat at any time. And if your question gets picked, we'll have you either unmute yourself or I can ask for you. We're also fielding questions from YouTube live. Welcome to everybody out there. And you're welcome to post your questions there. Don't forget to like and subscribe while you are there. First time question askers get swag. Everyone on today will have a chance to win a limited edition of a t-shirt just like mine. Just type in an email address into the chat and that will enter you into the raffle. Seth and Jason, how's it going? Doing well. Yeah, good, good. Keisha. Nice to see you guys. We've been a lot of vacations lately. Nice to see you both in the same place at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we're going to we're a little light on social media questions this week. And so it's a great opportunity to do a little deep dive on something you're saying maybe with our clients. What, what's what's going on with uh, with that today? What do you guys got going on over there? So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Harvest Group Analytics. So when uh, when you're wrapped up with your cycle, what you can uh, what you can see, what you can look at, document, analyze to get a better idea of how well that cycle performed based on the, the data that you've been capturing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Arroyo is not just about monitoring your day-to-day functionality and your grow. A big part of it is logging that so we can look back at the end of a run and look at, you know, holistic crop performance. Where did we mess up? What were some of the challenges we had? And, you know, what, what can we actually pinpoint in this whole time period that might help us look at, you know, where we can make some improvements? It's, it's really important to look back at a whole run, not just focus on your day-to-day decisions. So without further ado, I'll share my screen here. I've got uh, got our interface going and we'll talk to you guys about what uh, what kind of features here are in the, the analytics page. So uh, kind of just to get started, there's a few ways to get to Harvest Group Analytics. If we jump into our production, we can go into the analytics of, of currently growing ones. Uh, for talking about all the features here, we're going to go into some that are finished up and take a look at uh, the data that we summarize for those harvest groups. So let's just jump into some uh, banana OG. Looks like we've got Pineapple Express and Ginny's Test in here. So one of the uh, most important things to get harvest group analytics when you're building your harvest group, make sure that you've got the cultivars outlined on the benches or the, the zones. So when we look at this flower room, we can see our banana OGs in zone one, Pineapple Express is zone two, and Ginny's Test zone three and four. This is what's going to populate your substrate data into the specific cultivars. And what we're doing that for is just to make sure that we can separate any of the, the performance that we might see in, in the different genetics in the room. So make sure that we get those all populated when we're building our harvest groups. One of the easiest ways to know that you haven't done that is you may or may not see uh, water content and EC data right here in our environment tab. If uh, if we didn't populate what zones or detail what zones those cultivars are running. So for today's topic, let's jump into this analytics page 
and we'll take a look and see what uh, what information is provided after we've done the grow cycle. So if we just start off at the top, it gives us a little bit of a summary of our recipe, talking about how long we ran each of the stages of growth. And then if we go down here, we can see our, our wet weights and our dry weights, and we can jump in just to the, the yield analytics, which we'll see down here at the bottom of this page in just a minute. And then there's also the gallery, which uh, looks like someone's been putting some uh, stock photography in this harvest group. Not, not the best representative of, of what our plants looked like for that. But uh, yeah, this is obviously in our, in our demo facility where we do a little bit of uh, playing around on the software side. So when we're looking at this cultivation schedule, we can break it down and, and get an idea of how many tasks and uh, when these tasks are getting done. So this is kind of a good way you can visually see how much you know labor is going on in specific days. And hopefully y'all are using the tasking feature for any of the transplanting, any of the IPM events, any uh, pruning type of strategies, tagging strategies, really whatever that, uh, whatever you want to benchmark as a, a point in time that uh, work needs to get done. Uh, the next up is the alerts. So the, this alerts overview is a really nice way to think about when you do struggle to stay within the parameters of your environment and or irrigation behaviors. So, you know, maybe when, you know, after we do a pruning, it's hard for us to keep our humidity high enough in the room, um, any of those types of things. And obviously when you're looking from harvest group to harvest groups, it's nice to, to recognize any specific points in time that you do typically see uh, alerts go off. And uh, that, that'll kind of give you an idea of when we need to dig in and, and understand what, uh, what we can improve upon. Obviously, this one doesn't have any alerts, so that's really nice to see. Uh, we've made it the whole cycle without getting a, an emergency text message telling us we're out of range. This next one said the target ranges, and here we have uh, EC displayed. Uh, you can go ahead and select any of the parameters, the data parameters that are being captured from the Arroyo system there and, and take a look and see how close to those target ranges that you stayed throughout that harvest group. So the yellow box in this case in the outside is going to be the target ranges. We can see that adjust throughout the different phases of the grow cycle. And then we can see the average for the room is the, the data line in the middle. And this one, we did a pretty good job towards the end. We looks like we forgot to drop the EC like we had intended to do to satisfy our recipe targets. And then one of the most important things here as well is it tells us how long we were outside of that range. So in this case, our UC spent 15 days outside of range, right? If we jump into something like air temperature, this says 64 days. So we, we really struggled with our, our air temp um, on this one. We can see, obviously our, our target ranges were quite a bit tighter than we could actually run with the equipment in that room. And so that's what's gonna collaborate to that, uh, that time outside of range. Ideally, you're going to have zero time outside of your target mm -hmm. ranges. And I guess this is a great time to talk about the difference between alerts and target ranges. So uh, target range is the ideal parameter that we're trying to keep any of our variables within. So that's like the golden standard, whereas an alert range is needs to be set with a little bit of bandwidth so that, uh, you know, if, if something's just a little bit screwy, you're not getting text messages, but if equipment failure happens or someone does a set point incorrectly, then you'll definitely get notified. 
Yeah. And, and that's honestly too, where when you're setting up those target ranges, it is best practice, honestly, to have, if you can, two screens, but two tabs open. So you can kind of go back and look at your dashboard and start establish, establishing realistic parameters. You know, if I go ahead and say, all right, analytically, I want to keep 80 to 82 in early flower, but my chart looks a little more like the one Jason's displaying here. I might go ahead and say, all right, I'm definitely going to set that alert range well outside of my analytical range because I do not want to start ignoring those alerts. Yeah. And that, that's kind of the best way to make sure your alert target ranges are tailored correctly is go back and look at the harvest group, uh, that you didn't have any equipment failures or any mistakes happen and, and look at what you can typically achieve when, when you are meeting the, the ranges that you like to be in. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I think that, uh, it's a great way to go back and look at your data for any one parameter over the whole run and identify, especially with the time counter, you know, um, a big issue I find a lot of people running into is let's say water content in rock wool. It's like, man, I am just struggling with these yields. I can't get above like two pounds of light. And we'll go back and look and say, okay, your water content's been relatively low the whole time. That's one of the key fundamental things that a plant needs to grow. If we've limited that over, you know, if we've spent 64 days below our water content goals, for instance, we can start to expect to see a pretty quantifiable reduction in yield. So we can actually look, you know, backward in time and start to quantify how much we might expect to gain from making certain adjustments, especially if we have the data of a good run versus a bad run to compare it to. We can really parse out like, okay, we've eliminated most of the variables. That time outside of range for EC or water content seems to be the biggest variable we're working with. Let's attack that next. Exactly. And uh, we'll just move into the next section here. So uh, plant development, looking at the entire cycle, this is where we're displaying some of the manual readings. And obviously, if you've listened to this show very much, we talk about canopy height quite a bit when uh, indicating how long we should be running different steering techniques. So this is a great way to just kind of visualize what happened as far as those manual readings go. In this case, we can see our, our canopy height um, definitely waned off right there about, you know, looks like April 29th. Uh, it kind of started slowing down and that's usually when we'll flip back to vegetative bulking. So, um, node spacing, another good, uh, good metric to take in there and then stem diameter, uh, kind of just a good idea to keep track of that and see what it looks like in relationship to the, the steering parameters that you're pushing on that plant. And then our best sister, go ahead, Keisha. I was actually, this is amazing. I just want to, I'm just, applying this to my mind. I'm a consumer. Mostly I've got two little babies in the back. I'm trying to grow, but I'm nowhere near anybody else's level on here, but I'm just wrapping my head around this. So if I'm a cultivator, I have like an award-winning cultivar. It's my number one seller. And I want to make sure I want to ensure that it is grown this properly for the consistency, the, the reliable potency every single time. These analytics are really what I'm looking at. Um, to determine what works and what I can, what I need to be doing going forward, what I need to adjust going forward. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And when we talk about things like manual readings, there are uh, some really crucial points uh, of time when you should be capturing that. So when you're coming out of veg, definitely make sure you've got your, your plant height. And that's one of the indicators where we know, hey, we're on our, our veg schedule to um, hit the appropriate size plant that we need for our yields or or maybe you're behind it or ahead of it and uh, you can make adjustments to stay within projectability of your, your crop yields coming out of there. Oh, absolutely. And we can also start to look at like, for instance, if your canopy height one run to the next was uh, 
14 inches or centimeters taller, yet your yield was the same, then we can start dialing. Okay. We can probably shorten up our veg time then. Sure. We can go with a smaller plant. I mean, we, we have a lot of options to look back on and this is a good way to evaluate that performance because again, we, we say it all the time. Everything is so cyclical, you know, at pretty much any cannabis grow facility and you're growing the same strains over and over. It just gets to be a lot of really specific information to keep track of. And if you've got an easy way to organize it, you can quickly go back and look and either validate your decisions or decide you're going to make a different one. Exactly. Um, except just, uh, IPM application, it's just charting when those were happening over, out, uh, over the growth cycle. So, um, looks like two more than usual. Maybe we had a little bit higher pest pressure, uh, during this, this cycle. We also look at, uh, waste amounts. So if you are metric integrated and you're tracking the, the waste, uh, amounts from those plants, we can know when that happened. Uh, next up in the analytics, just sensor readings, uh, great way to look at the specific sensor spread, um, of any of those sensor types. So nice way to just break out a, a harvest group and then take a look at anything specifically that you'd like to take a look at. And we can also zoom into, uh, these parameters and what yeah, we'll notice yeah. is we've got a solid line in the middle, which is going to be the room average for the sensors that are, um, getting displayed and then we've got kind of a shaded band talking about the the variation from from low to to highest sensor data points yep so over time for any specific cultivar we're growing we want to see that shaded band shrink and shrink we want our crop to get more and more consistent if and i mean obviously you could look at this in numbers as well but the shaded highlighter line is a really nice way to just get a quick visual snapshot at how consistent your rooms are being, especially if you want to go back over time and say, okay, here's my first run with Arroyo. We had a pretty wide confidence band there. And then, Hey, look, we can quantify it. each run. We're getting it that much closer to being very, you know, perfectly consistent and nothing's ever going to be perfect. <laughs> You're never, if we zoomed in far enough, there would still be that shaded line there outside of the uh, solid line. But Again, quick glance, you can really start to tone in on, okay, what am I struggling the most with in this room? Because sometimes it's not always what people think, you know, I mean, sometimes you've got a lot of things nailed down and you're like, wow, my environment's wonderful. Now we're just looking at plant size and pruning, you know, trying to get consistency in the structure. Otherwise, everything else might be really, really nice. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that is so wonderful about looking at a confidence interval is when we talk about uh, population statistics, we know that we're sampling a certain amount of plants in that room, right? If we've got a good, good number of sensors in there, then we should expect that if we go monitor any plant, it's going to be landing within, um, within that confidence interval that we see. So, uh, exactly like Seth said, the, the more we can shrink that, the more uh, uniform our crop is, is performing in that cycle. And then next up, uh, just a yield breakdown. So this is kind of cool because we can look at different options, uh, yield by plant, yield by square foot, total yield. And then we get to take a look and see how much moisture loss we had in this cycle, uh, how much dry weight the, came out of that product and how much waste comes out of there as well. So obviously uh, efficiency is a great way to keep track of uh, how much biomass that you create as fast as possible. So uh, if we are able to cut our cycle down a little bit, we're going to see greater uh, yield per square foot per day. 
So obviously the constraints of any manufacturing here is the facility size and the time that we're growing it. So if we can get more yield, we can grow things faster or increase um, our density of, of, of planting so that uh, we get more weight off there. Absolutely. And if you could, Jason, could you go over, I guess on this version of the demo, we don't have the yield section, but I would like to do a quick preview of uh, the non-metric integrated yield section in production, because that is one thing that it's kind of tough. You know, you're usually, you get your wet weight when you harvest, that's easy to put in. And then two weeks later you get your dry weights or more, depending on how you buck down and how you weigh your finished product. If you're going on the stem, off the stem. So a lot of times it's really easy to pass that. And, uh, I just want to note that for all of our customers that aren't using metric, it's absolutely critical to record at least your wet weight and ideally your dry weight, even to populate some of the uh, production group analytics, you know, and that yield entry is actually really easy. We're just going in for a basic wet and dry weight. And typically what we want to look at wet weight, that's going to be your harvest weight. And it's pretty self-explanatory. We got dry weight, flower weight, and trim rate, tw trim weight. One thing to remember is Arroyo is taking wet versus dry for your wet to dry ratio. So if you want your dry weight in analytics to represent, let's say bucked bud or finished bud, that's where you want that value to go. And then otherwise, as with everything, more data, more power in the future. So log as much as you can over time. You know, you want as complete of a picture of what happened during that grow cycle as possible. And if we don't have the yield, we don't really have the results to compare side to side. Exactly. And so let's just talk a little bit about some of the, the yield numbers and, and why these choke points are so important. When we look at wet weight, obviously we're analyzing the, you know, the, the cultivation performance. How, how well did those plants grow? Are we at a little higher wet weight? Um, and then obviously the next step is the dry weight where we able to retain more product simply through better drying practices um, did we lose, uh, did we lose more weight because maybe our plants weren't quite as dense as far as the, the bud structures go? What, uh, you know, at what point did we have a, a increase in performance or, or a decrease in, in yield amount? And obviously the sales goal is to have as much a, a class flower as we can get out of there. If we're doing a little bit different crop steering, we end up with a higher trim weight and a lower flower weight. Maybe that's not quite the the route that we wanted to go with those crop steering. So always think about every stage uh, of the cycle and, you know, how the different parameters in crop steering affect those stages. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I could show you some beautiful graphs all day. And unfortunately, the plants that grew from those uh, were not what they, you know, the grower intended. And usually that was just because of wrong timing and switching up of steering techniques, um, vegging too long. I mean, there's, there's a whole host of things, but that graph can still look beautiful. And if we don't evaluate the finished product, we're not really looking at the whole picture. And that's really what matters in the end. You know, I can sit here and tell you what I think your graph should look like all day, but if that did not produce the kind of uh, product that you were looking for, then it's kind of all for naught. You know, there was no reason to really approach it if we lost quality and you know potentially lost market share for instance yeah so 
kind of zooming out, and obviously we've got all these different cycles that we're uh, cataloging into the system, and, and it's nice to to dig in and see. All right, here's how this one ran specifically. Here's how what this one ran specifically. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how we know which cycles to to dig into. Obviously, if it's it's not just anecdotal, if you don't know exactly which one you're looking at, we can jump into our run analytics, or if we're trying to take a look at cultivar specific type of information, we can go into our um, cultivar profiles, our cultivars tab here. So right now I'm looking at the run analytics and this one, we have some options up towards the top where we can sort um, each run by how it yielded per plant, per square foot, how long it ran. And um, then we can also categorize it by recipes. So maybe if I had a little bit different crop steering recipe that I've tried a few times, we can compare those and say, all right, well, when we're running in our, our hard steering, um, you know, let's say it's like we well, let's, we could name these, you know, the Ferrari recipe um, mm -hmm. versus the Jeep recipe. Uh, well, we know, hey, when we're running the Ferrari recipe, maybe it takes a little bit more work for our part. But uh, every time we run that, we get 20 percent more yield. Um, so, yeah, this list here is all the harvest groups and we can take a look and we know what uh, what we're running in there, how many plants, what recipes we used, how many alerts, uh, anytime we did IPM event. Uh, the duration of it really just trying to give us an overview of what happened in order to, to hit that wet weight. So if I've got a whole list of this and I want to check in there and I can sort by uh, our wet weight, let's get the, the run with the highest wet weight and then take a look and see what type of parameters that we ran in order to get that weight. Was it the great, great genetics? Well, then let's jump into cultivar profiles. Was it something that we did specific on purpose or is a mistake in this harvest group to, to get that different yield? And let's take a look and, and see, you know, what happened? Why, why did we get more, more out of that? So that's where I like to dig in and say, all right, let's pick out specifically good runs, specifically bad runs uh, and understand what uh, effects made that such a successful or unsuccessful run. Yeah. And that's where, you know, we always stress on crop registration and organized note-taking. Um, that's, that's where this comes in. When you're looking back and really trying to evaluate what happened on a great crop, you want to capture every part of it. And that part of that includes your plant height, any other manual readings you want to take, including node spacing, stem diameter, and then, you know, going down the line and just taking as many notes as possible. Take those pictures, record as much as you can. That's how we can look back and really quantify this and evaluate it without that little bit of information. It may seem small on a daily basis because you're just it's 10 seconds or 30 seconds of your time to enter some of these readings. But cumulatively, after you have failed to enter, let's say, 60 of them or 63 <laughs> throughout a growth phase, suddenly you're blind to a certain point that you had. And all you have then is kind of going, well, we, we did take some points. We can make some basic assumptions on that. But unless we really capture that, we don't we can't responsibly make certain assumptions based on a lack of data. Yeah, that's a great point. Some of our best clients are going in there every single day, taking a picture. And it's really fun to go back and look at the grow cycle and we could say, hey, this is you know a specific spot, maybe where we started seeing herms going on. Let's compare mm -hmm. to the data and understand what might have induced that. Uh, maybe we see some fox sailing going on towards the end. Let's mm -hmm. check out uh, our EC and our irrigation patterns that, that might have been making that that uh, growth behavior the way it was. So we always encourage people, you know, have have a team that when they're in the room every day, take some some notes on, you know, it could even just be a, a check mark where you're saying, hey, everything looks good, let's take a picture. 
And the wonderful thing about having that database of pictures is when you go to run uh, that cultivar again, you kind of know uh, visually what your expectations are. And if you aren't running a cultivar very often, you can go back and make sure and say, hey, our, our purple punch is, uh, is doing that weird thing. Did it do it last time as well? Is that just how this genetic expresses itself? Or uh, is something, something goofy going on that we need to correct in order to avoid that, um, that visual appeal of the plant? Oh, absolutely. And even for uh, continuity of your organization, you know, um, I've definitely grown some strains that were in the facility when I came in that behave strangely. And its first instinct is kind of freak out. You're like, what is this plant doing? Well, if I have a repository of information about that particular cultivar, I can look back and go, oh, this has done that regularly. I don't need to freak out about that. Or this has happened, but also, you know, this, like we have one strain that foxtails, let's say, okay, well, every run that it's foxtailed, man, we can't keep the temperature under like 85 at the end of flower. Like, okay, well, there we go. Or, hey, everything was great and this thing's still foxtailed. Like, oh, well, maybe it's got kind of some undesirable traits then that we don't like. And instead of wasting time trying to manipulate different variables, we might just decide that's not a strain for us to grow. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anecdotally, I was thinking about uh, some of the Kim, Kim dog we used to run and it, uh, it was variegated. So that sometimes every once in a while, you'd have part of the uh, half the leaf that that would be lighter in, in colors and, and a little bit of striation. And this is a great example where, you know, if you first time you saw that in the plant, we could go back and look at uh, the history of it. And we'd know that, you know, it wasn't something like tobacco mosaic virus that's hitting the mm -hmm. plant. We just know that it's the properties of that genetic because we've seen it historically as well. So all this information going into to detail the, the different cultivars brings a ton of value to what you're doing on a daily basis. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, there's certain stuff, especially in the cannabis world, you know, I mean, we, when I get a cut, oftentimes I don't know when that seed was popped unless the person I got it from popped the seed. Some of these might've been, you know, in propagation for many, many generations, you know, 20 plus years. So sometimes we do see things like just kind of like that slight variegation, which is generally a somatic mutation in that chem dog that it's susceptible to. If you know that that's happening, just like Jason said, you can kind of prepare for it and also go, okay, well, it, it does that. We've accepted it. We're moving on. Does that bother us as growers or does that bother the consumer? And uh, you can really start to narrow in on some of those, uh, those things, especially just because again, cyclically <laughs> so much happens that I don't, I don't want to say anyone has a bad memory, but it's really, really quick in a commercial situation where almost anyone in this conversation here, you know, growing 50, 60, hundred thousand plants. 10 years in, that was a long time ago that you hit that number, you know? So it's, it's all about that registration. Knowledge really is power, isn't it? I, I, this is so um, comprehensive. I actually was wondering, we get a lot of questions. Um, oh, Michael just uh, asked a question. Michael, make it to your question next, but we get a lot of questions about ideal like EC ranges, for example, can this particular, the analytics tool kind of help, people identify trends with what's going on with their particular grow? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially if you're, you know, keeping track of your plant health, taking pictures, taking notes on anything strange that might happen. And then also, you know, when you do take those notes, make sure you're complete. You know, if you think it's a nutrient deficiency, do your spot check that day, check your feed EC, check your runoff, get as complete of a picture as you can, because as far as EC ranges go, that's something we're dialing for every specific strain. The range on them is quite wide. And uh, at the end of the day, I'll say they call it weed for a reason. It's very adaptable. 
I can take the same strain and actually grow it at two different EC levels. And as long as I apply that EC in the right manner, I'm going to get a really similar result. It's about adapting the plant to that. And uh, that's where we can start to kind of catalog this stuff. We can say, okay, here was the graph we had. Here's some pictures. Here's the yield. Here's our quality. What, what can I deduce from that? The higher EC run gave me better quality. Cool. I'm going to go with higher EC. The lower EC run gave me better yield and the same quality. Cool. We're going to go with the lower EC run. Um, there are no hard, fast rules on EC other than, you know, there, there are some definite upward limits where you start to get to a point where a plant can't actually live in that salty water. But as far as basic ranges go, I mean, it's it's very, very wide and it has a lot more to do, again, about application of that EC over time and how well you're adapting your plant to live in that environment. Um, one of our attendees posted a question here. And Michael, you're welcome to unmute yourself if you want to add to it. But he's asking if we can cover dry weight analytics, grams per square foot, wet versus dry weight, retention, et cetera. Sure. Um, should, should I pull up the interface here and we can show yeah. it again? All right. Yeah, you just look at like facility performance and start going from there. Maybe touch on a little bit about how we gather these analytics and what they mean when we're looking at it. Yeah. So uh, let's just get started. Obviously, uh, some of the, this yield information here, if we're in the facility performance page, we can take a look at yields uh, total per cycle, per uh, total per square foot, total per plant. We can uh, deduce them by uh, wet weight, dry weight, uh, waste amounts. So, you know, as far as dry weight specifically, uh, obviously some people do a little bit of different uh, types of benchmarks when we talk about dry weight. You know, is it dry weight on stem? Is it dry weight after we've bucked it? Uh, does it, our dry weight include trim? Uh, and, you know, and that's something that we haven't necessarily made a clear definition in the software. It's uh, And there's a good reason why, because we want you guys to keep doing it the way that you have been tracking it. So your your yield information is consistently comparable throughout, throughout the future. And so obviously uh, when you do go in here, keep in mind with your staff, how, how are they, they tracking this? What, what, what is the reason that you're looking at that specific um, group of weight, if you will? Yeah. And I mean, one thing to touch on really grants per square foot are always calculating that based on your zone square footage. So that's looking at, you know, basically how much yield you're reporting off of that room. If we have one harvest group, one room, we're going to take that total yield, divide that by the number of actual canopy square feet we have, pull that number. And then as far as wet versus dry retention, that's straight up that ratio we're looking at at 100 to 10, 20, 30, whatever it ends up being. Um, that's, that's where that is being pulled from. As far as drying goes, though, we do always try to point towards, and it's a manual entry right now, water activity as a marker of when your plant is actually ready to come down. And, you know, I mean, also when we're talking about dry weight, one important thing to remember is although we're using a water activity meter to really determine when that plant is done drying, that doesn't mean it's always done curing. And part of that curing process is homogenization of moisture inside the bud. So we're going to have parts of the bud that are drier, parts of the bud that are less dry. That's partially why, okay, maybe if we hit that 0.6 water activity, someone goes and tries to smoke that bud, part of it burns and the inside doesn't very well while it's wetter on the inside. So that's a very dynamic measurement that you want to take over time. And although there might not be a lot of variation in it, we might want to expect it to stay at 0.6 over a long period of time, not return to it and retest it and go, okay, now I've only got 0.5 after we've evened out the content in this material. So dry weight is very important. Um, 
looking at your ratio, as Jason was saying earlier of, you know, flower to trim, that's huge. We're looking at that. That's going to make a lot of steering decisions for us and potentially genetic decisions as well. Oh, one of the things that I used to find is I would build out my projections and through each stage when I was capturing, uh, you know, a choke point of information like wet weight, for example, I'd go back and um, kind of reprocess my projections. So we, you know, we know we're hitting, say, 18 percent uh, retention from our wet weight and we've got some new numbers for our wet weight coming in. Well, if we've got a higher wet weight than we had projected for, now we can rerun those numbers and, and kind of get closer and closer to the exact amount that we're gonna be pulling down. Yeah, and that's that's the goal of all this in the end, right? Is to be able to predict how much, how much product we're gonna have for sale in a few months. Like if we can't do that, it makes it really hard to run a business, you know? Uh, any kind of manufacturing process is uh, most profitable when you can monitor your inputs versus your outputs. And if we're not looking at what our outputs are, especially in terms of what we have as saleable product, then it's really hard to get an eye on like how successful are we being? Cause yeah, at the end of the day, it all comes down to that, not just the yield and weight, obviously the quality, but the final product, if that's not what we need to sell, it wasn't worth it to grow it. And that's where we've really got to kind of narrow that in and, make sure we're, we're creating a product that your company is able to sell and is the product that you want to sell. Yeah. And you know, as with, with any, um, any cyclical growing cycles, we are trying to get as much data and so that we can really dial in what those projections look like. If you know, we've only got maybe three runs on a specific strain, we can't expect our uh, projections to be nearly as accurate as if we've got 30 or 40 runs on a strain. And it you know, kind of looks like that that confidence um, interval or confidence band I was talking about where the the more data that we've captured, the the tighter that we we know we're going to hit with, uh, with that product coming down. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's ensuring the longevity of your business, right? So kind of updating the skill set, um, all these talented growers out there, just like work with the data to help you achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Michael, thank you so much for your question. Um, the questions are not really coming in live. That's okay. I have one more question here and, you know, we'll see if some more come in. Um, I was just wondering if there's a tr uh, feature within the Har Harvest Group analytics that you guys wish more clients took advantage of. Um, maybe they're not aware of it or forget about it, but yeah, what would you, what would you like to see more clients uh, uh, really utilize and, and, uh, embrace in their business practices. Pictures. Uh, I used to take a ton of pictures as a cultivator. Uh, it was something I really, really enjoyed. And it's something that, uh, kind of brought me to the point where I could train my brain into picking out any mistakes in the garden. If my cultivar, uh, cultivar was labeled wrong, we took some cuts off the wrong mom, any of those types of mistakes, uh, the more pictures you take, the better visual recognition you have of what to, what to expect throughout that growth cycle. Yeah. Pictures. Great. I, I was personally going to say manual readings, you know, um, I've definitely noticed a habit among some growers, especially once they get, uh, you know, electronic data logging involved to kind of veer away from taking spot measurements and taking the daily notes that they need to. Um, Arroyo makes that incredibly easy to just do that on your phone or your tablet or the computer either way, but the plus button plus add a note or add a reading is very easy to use. It's not time consuming and it's skipping that step of like, I, I used to take notes, but they didn't always make it into the computer. Now we're dumping it right all into one spot where we can access it later. 
Um, that's, that's a huge thing I've found right, right up there with not taking pictures <laughs> and, uh, not keeping just general track of cultivation processes. Um, I, but personally, I would love to see more of my customers use those manual readings because that gives us, that's all the things we can't see with Arroyo and they're all there for a reason. They're all important. And if you want a holistic look at what's going on, we need to see all those variables. Amazing. I'm here for it. Um, you guys, we don't have any live questions coming in. I guess everybody's all set on crop steering and sensors. Um, but yeah, this is a great overview, actually. So, you know, Arroyo customers definitely take full advantage of your Harvest Group analytics. There's so much that can be learned from that. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up a little bit early. Seth, Jason, anything you want to say before we before we go? I think we're good over here. Yeah, keep keep having fun growing out there. We're <laughs> I know I'm always stoked to be part of an industry where all my customers are also stoked to be part of the industry. It's always great interacting with our customers and we love it. I so agree with that. Yeah, no, we, we, uh, this is a dynamic, exciting industry. It could be frustrating at times, but I don't know. I don't want to be anywhere else. How about you guys? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> There's far less, far less exciting parts of agriculture to be in. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Well, Thank you, Seth and Jason, so much for a great conversation. Um, thanks to everybody who joined us live today. Um, anybody, uh, you know, who's never seen us before, we do this every Thursday. And the best way to get answers from the experts is to join live. So definitely feel free to join us live every week. Um, if you have any questions about Arroyo, feel free to book a demo. Our experts will tell you about how it can be used to improve your cultivation production process. And then as always, if there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future Office Hours episode, post it in, in the chat, shoot us an email at support.arroya at metergroup.com or send us a DM over Instagram. We definitely want to hear from you. We record every session. We'll email everybody in attendance a link to the video from today's conversation. It'll also be on the Arroya YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, and share while you are there. And if these conversations are helpful, do spread the word. Thank you all so much. Seth and Jason, I look forward to seeing you next week in person. I'll be in Pullman, Washington. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's okay. pretty exciting, Keisha. Can't wait to see you here. Can't wait. Have never met these guys. In oh, wait, no, that's not true. I have met Jason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, Keisha. Office Hours Live is brought to you by Arroya, the ultimate cultivation platform. Unlock the power of crop steering through our state-of-the-art sensors and software. Repeat successful runs and scale faster than ever before. Schedule a demo today at arroya.io.